Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 1850, we'll have a chat about it if you want. 1850-715-996. One of the reasons that we took Genevieve's call this morning was obviously that we'd love to be able to try to help her and we still are working on that behind the scenes. No promises being made. We're not politicians. We're not politicians. We're making no promises, but we have got some stops pulled out. The other reason we wanted to do it is, yeah, we will. If, 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 if we can do that, yeah, if, if, if he's ready, Terry, I'll take that. If he's ready, I'll take that. Um, but one of the reasons we want to do it is today is National Children's Day. A World Children's Day, even better again. World Children's Day. And there's a big event taking place called Child Talks. Now, it's a virtual event. It's an online event. Uh, but uh, a number of speakers will effectively address the nation online. It's all been organised by the Office of the Children's Ombudsman. And one of the young kids who's involved is Charlie from Cork. And I have been chatting with Charlie and his mom, Catherine. So, Charlie, whenever you're good to go, give us a, a, a blast of what you're going to be saying. Okay. Hi, my name is Charlie. I'm from Cork and I'm, I'm so excited to be sharing my story with you all. I love nature and being outside more than anything. I'm lucky to live in a beautiful place in the countryside. Our closest neighbours are cows and rabbits and we don't get many people around here. Every day my mom, dad, brother and sister, Louis and Amelia, take their dog Hamish for a walk down the road or to the reservoir, our two cats usually follow us too. We might get, meet neighbours out walking to and have a chat. There's always a tractor or two passes, but not so many cars. During lockdown, our area got busier than it ever was. Cars started parking in our drive, which never usually happens. When, and when we went on our walks, we met people we've never seen around here. People who maybe don't live in a quiet or beautiful place wanted to escape. I get that, I suppose, but what I don't get is what started happening next. As more people started to escape from my countryside, more and more bits of rubbish started appearing. 
Drink cans, crisp packets, baby wipes and tissues were in the ditches and some people are even throwing their empty cans into the water in the reservoir. It was disgusting. Okay, you can pause it there. That's great, Charlie, and there's more to that, and I know it's a speech you've worked on for a long time. Mom, how did he get involved in this in the first place? Um, so it was during the summer, and I saw the Ombudsman for Children put out the call for children who had an interesting story or an interesting passion that they'd like to talk about, and this was their chance to be heard on a, on a national scale. Um, so I said it to Charlie because he had told me how concerned he was about the rubbish and he loves being outside. And I asked him if he'd like to take part. So there was um, a group Zoom in the summer with children from all over the country and people from the Ombudsman listened to all of their stories. And then a handful of children were chosen to share their stories. So uh, Charlie's story was chosen because he's uh, so pa- passionate about it. And he's their youngest speaker that they've had. So um, we're so proud of him. He's, he's their youngest by a good bit. He's eight, the next youngest is 12. Charlie, let me tell you, mate, when I was your age, and I'm a lot older than you now, it always used to annoy me how people couldn't go for a walk or go to the beach or go to the woods and not leave their stuff behind them. I, I don't understand why they do it. It hasn't changed since I was your age. How do you think we can learn to change it? Um, well, if you try help cleaning up your local environment, you can tell your friends at school or if you do any after-school things, and then they might start it and then tell their friends and so on and so on. So then a lot, for a couple of miles, it might be all clean. So if we all do the right thing and show each other how to do the right thing, that helps. Yes, it does. He's a, he's a bright young lad, Catherine. Oh, he's so excited about this, PJ, and it's his chance to to talk because he loves talking. <laughs> he loves talking, but this has been amazing because people think Charlie is very, very confident, but he's not. And um, he's gotten so much support from the Ombudsman for Children to prepare his speech, to help him get across his message, you know, and because it's such an important message, Charlie. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Can you do me a favour, Charlie? Will you read the last couple of lines of your speech for me, then, to finish up? And so, so where do I start? There's three chances to get my message, not just in my local area. There are thousands of people going outdoors and maybe leaving their rubbish there, too. So instead of taking another poster, a few people could see, I decided to make a new one that I could show the whole of Ireland today, and here it is. Well, my message is simple. During lockdown, go outside, explore, have fun. But please, look after your local environment. Leave it as you see it. Well done, young man. Well done to you. Catherine is a great bit of stuff, and thank you so much. Thank you so much, PJ. And I think he just wants to say hi to... Do you want to say hi to everyone at school? Yeah. Where's the school? Cargoline Educate Together. Great people. I know them well. You're too Nana. Yeah, my granddad. <laughs> yeah, and my granddad. We can't forget Nana and Granddad. Have you seen them lately? Can you see them with the lockdown? No. Okay. When do you want when do you hope you'll see them? Will you see them for Christmas? Um not sure. Not sure yet. Okay. Well you know, here's hoping. You never you never know. Charlie and Catherine, thank you very much. Yeah, 
Thanks, DJ. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye now. Bye. 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 The line wasn't the best ever, but we got a good laugh out of it and good chat with them. That's Charlie uh, and his mom, uh, Catherine Gavna, uh, talking to me about his appearance on the uh, World Children's Day event called Child Talks. There's two others from Cork on that event. Cohen O'Neill from Black Rock, uh, who's made a short video and it's been created with the help of his dad, Eamon. He has a series of drawings put together that explains how he lives with autism and the challenges that it uh, puts before him. And then Evan O'Connell, who's 18 from Ballancolic, will talk about activism. Evan is an activist and has been an activist for a couple of years on various things. And he wants to teach young people how to build up their own activism, what he calls activism toolbox from scratch and stand up for the things they believe in. I'm really, really reminded of an old, old saying here. Molnohoige, August Chukikshid. A great, great, and it's na- International World Children's Day and good to mark it in that way. 1850-715-996. We are getting uh, quite a number of messages about Stephen Kenny and that video that could cost him his job. And let's put it on the table here. It could well cost him his job. Should it, John? Good morning. Morning, how are you, Peter? Um, no, it should not. If his job is on the line, it should be down to his performance and, and the team. And obviously, it's, it's not down to the manager either, as we know, down to the years. I mean, it, you have a team as well. And you just mentioned Jack, the Jack Charlton era there, PJ Rice. I mean, what a selection of players, what talent we had at that oh, time. Yeah. And unfor- unfortunately, you know, there's something in me that says, will we ever see them days again, that type of a manager, that type of a player, the Cascarinos and the right teams and the whole last, the Ronnie Whelans. They played, look, they, they played over their skin. They played with their heart for the love of their country. And they're sadly missing. I know a lot of guys haven't the uh, first uh, uh, division football and whatever, and they're not in top places the whole last... But as a girl still getting down to the video, as I said, he should be judging his performance. I mean, if this goes on the losing streak, maybe he w- I would rather see him in trouble for that, but not for the video, because I tell you why. You go into any dressing room, even if there's local stuff, even school bites or whatever, but you go into jail, especially the intercounty stuff, like, you I mean, it's like blood and bandages there. And mm. you get the managers there, because I know some of them down to the ears. And if you want to find the world there, PJ, right? The stuff they say about the opposing parish there. Oh, you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. But there's two, there's two things, John. First of all, it did, first of all, that stuff doesn't leave the dressing room. It probably shouldn't yeah. even be in there, but it doesn't leave the dressing room. But secondly, yeah. this video seems to have been offensive to some actual members of the team. And let's face it, some of our players, some of our good players are English born and bred, but because of their their roots they play for us here. Some of them were offended by this. Yeah, but you see, if you put on the jersey, it's like, you know, this whole North South thing there, you know what I mean? If you're, you know, and playing the Ireland's call and everything, like if you put on the jersey, you should stand for the Irish National Anthem. I always believe that. If you put on the Irish jersey, you're playing uh, international soccer for, for, for Ireland. You shouldn't be that easily offended. This is just a motivational video. Yeah. It was to start guys up, as I said again, getting down to the G dressing room, get out there, lads, and kick those. Oh, yeah. You know what's up the field, you know. It's passion. It's on the day. It's about winning. It's about motivation. And, and, and to be I, fair, I've been on buses with yeah. teams and planes with teams and watching what goes on. And certainly there's a rebel song thing happens and yeah. there's a lot of motivation goes on that happens. 
and none of it is really look. But you know, you know what I, I, I hate now. You see, this is the problem now. This Twitter feed and everything and stuff up on Facebook, like the mob. If you fall foul of the mob at all for one for whatever reason, like I mean, the mob seems to call the shots now. And I absolutely hate that piece. Well, listen, John, it could be me tomorrow that would it fall. For, so I know, I know what you're saying about the mob. If, yeah. if it could be me tomorrow. At and the moment, it's, it's... But look, the, the FAI are meeting to discuss Stephen Kenny's future. Do you think... You know, I know you're a sports fan. Do you think they'll back him? I think uh, it could be a flip of a coin, I'll be honest with you. Like. But I also think, I mean, out there, that there is a bit of snobbery. If you remember, and you're a sports fan, you've followed for many years, when Brian Kerr came along... There was a lot of people in the dressing room that just because he came from the, the, the League of Ireland backgrounds, they hadn't the same reverence as they had for the Jack Charlton's of this world or whatever, right? I think there was a bit of snobbery there. I think that's still going on even to this day mm. with Stephen Kinney. Well, he's not a popular guy in Cork because of Shawnee Maguire. We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but at the same time, at the same time, he's the Irish manager and most decent fans will support him. But he's in, he's in a pickle now. Do you think he'll come through it, John? Uh, I hope he will because I, I hate, look, as I say, he should be judging the results and it, obviously if this keeps going on, his job would be in, 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 in jeopardy anyway. But I would hate to think, like, I mean, that people responded to the mob and that this video alone would bury him. I would hate that. All right. Thank you, John. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. Hope you keep him well. 1850-715-996. Kevin makes a super point on Twitter. Ask anybody who wants him gone. Ask have they seen the video. I haven't. And if Trevor hasn't, then I'll bet nobody else has. Ke- Kevin, that's you're so right, my friend. The depth, and not just because he's been a friend of mine for 30 years and a colleague for 30 years. Trevor Welsh, if Trevor Welsh's contacts are, can't get him a look at that video, nobody's contacts can. And he hasn't seen the video, so we don't actually know what it was. 1850-715-996 PJ, they're not good enough It's like that for years We don't have quality players Or players that play with their heart That bunch are too soft No pride in the shirt It's not Stephen Kenny's fault I'm a proud Cork City supporter I've no grudge against Stephen Kenny I see many people have Give him a chance He's not a bad manager, says Pat Hi PJ, I think he should never have got the job in the first place Love the show, says John Paul on the Bandon Road Bailey says, I have a theory that it wasn't a player or staff member who went to the Daily Mail. I think someone from the camp told their partner or family member or friends, and then it got out. No player would risk their position in the squad, says Bailey. Yeah, it got to the Daily Mail first. Uh, The Daily Mail didn't have all of the details right, but they had the basic story. There's some clarification has been issued now, but it doesn't matter. It's out there. It's out there. Adidas Andrew says, no matter what the fortunes of the Irish team are, The vast majority of those who support the national team are so-called sunshine supporters and really only get behind the team when they qualify for a major tournament. If they were that fanatical, why not support League of Ireland teams here instead of pledging their loyalties to English premiership sides? And on the topic of Irish fans castigating the English national team when they play, these same so-called Irish supporters follow English teams week in, week out. And when people say England haven't shut up since they won the World Cup in 66, so what? They did win it, and they're quite entitled to. We'd still talk about Italian 90 and Euro 88, each to their own. If Kenny does go so soon, I have the perfect red top headline. As people will be saying, 
that Stephen was pushed and is finished. The headline could be, who killed Kenny? Oh, there's a South Park fan, if ever I heard. But you know what? There's a lot I want Andrew says. And I have this conversation whenever England are in a tournament and we're not. I always follow England in a tournament like that. Because you know why? Because we watch their football weekend in, weekend out. We support their clubs weekend in, weekend out. So why the hell wouldn't we support their team when we're not there? You're listening to highlights from the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. To hear the full show, download the podcast from iTunes or see 96FM.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. A bit of a television recommendation for you. Now, the person who called us didn't tell us what channel. Oh, it's on it's on YouTube. So it's not really a television recommendation, but it is a YouTube recommendation. And if you've got one of these big sexy tellies that you can get YouTube on, I have my telly three years. My present telly. And I only realized last week I can watch YouTube on it. Actual proper YouTube. Full size YouTube. But tonight I might just watch a thing called Kilimanjaro Mama. It's being screened at 8 o'clock, an hour-long documentary featuring Louise Quill from Tralee, sharing her story of why she decided to set up Tiernanog Orphanage in Africa, what drives her and the impact it has had on her own health and well-being. And it's a great film, and whoever called us wanted to say you might enjoy it as an uplifting piece of documentary making. Thanks for that. Kilimanjaro Mama, YouTube, at 8 o'clock tonight. Oh, yeah, like, uh, uh, stop. And it was my son actually took the remote off me and said, Dad, Dad, you can put YouTube on the telly. Oh, stop. 1850-715-996. The text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. The email opinion at 96fm.ie. As it's Friday, I might also remember to tell you that today is called Vice Day. Or the Day of Vice. And no, it has nothing to do with strange people curb crawling at 11 o'clock at night. Nothing at all. This is the day, the researchers tell us, when people, women especially, but people in general, who are dieting and who have decided to, you know, go easy on it in the run-up to Christmas. This is the particular day that they go, ha, ha, shag it. Just one mince pie. And it's never just one mince pie. Today's the day, apparently. That's what research says. 1850-715-996. Now, we spoke earlier this morning to Genevieve. Genevieve sent us in an email uh, in the early hours this morning. Genevieve has twin boys, Tyg and Fergus. During the summer, she noticed Tyg had a lump on his neck. She took him to the doctor. He was diagnosed with a form of cancer. He went into a really tough regime of chemotherapy the brilliant news is the chemo is working and he's finishing it his current session of chemo would be his last that's brilliant news but his twin brother has had to go to school without him at the start and he's you know they've been struggling with that and then the boy's granny got cancer breast cancer and she passed away at the start of November and then in the midst of all of this Genevieve had just started a yoga business back in the start of the year and that 
packed, he should have packed that in because of the pandemic. So it's been a difficult year for the family. And as well as what Santa will bring the boys, Santa will always bring the boys what the boys want. Genevieve wants to buy them a PlayStation 5. And they are very hard to get. They're like getting hen's teeth. And she was very, very adamant that she does not want a freebie. She is not looking for a donation. She has cash in her purse. And she wants to pay for this. But is trying to find a PS5. The internet was on meltdown yesterday with people trying to get PS5s. I know someone who got one after two and a half hours sweating over Amazon. They got one. And now the fingers are crossed as to whether it'll actually arrive. They are like hen's teeth. The game shops seem to be out of them. The toy shops seem to be out of them. Anyone, your phone, yes, oh, we're out of them, we're out of them, we're out of them. Oh, they never came in, they never came in, they never came in. It's the biggest toy thing or gaming thing in years. So we'd love to help Genevieve. Now, one man who might is uh, the founder of Business Cork and Business Island and Mr. Business, Michael Mulcahy. Michael, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Now, I know that you you might or might not be able to help. Well, I, I certainly do my level best, and we, we have made some um, inquiries already this morning on this. As you've said, it is um, a product that is just uh, unavailable to a great degree uh globally at this stage. However, there's always, uh, I believe there's always one somewhere. So we have two calls in this morning um, based on, on your story um, with Genevieve and, you know, the great story that there is of Tide's recovery. So we have two calls in this morning uh, with Harvey Norman's head office uh, in Dublin and with Snick's Toys head office. Um, we've, we've put the, the case to them and we, we know that, that these are like hen's teeth, unfortunately. Um, but we um, asked them as a favour to Cork if they would consider sourcing one for us or finding one from their network in Ireland and the UK. Uh, they've agreed to do it for us. They've, they have said, as we know, that they are unfortunately uh, in very, very short supply so they've asked us to give them three hours um, and they will report back to us to see where they are with it. So that, that's the only bit of good news. Unfortunately, it's not a yes, but it is a possibility. Okay, okay. And I, I, know, I, I know how high up your, your business contacts can go, Michael. So you know what? We'll keep the fingers, the toes and anything that can be crossed, we'll cross them. Well, we hate failing at anything, as you know, PJ. So when we set our minds to do something like this, and especially when there's a little boy who deserves this and two little boys who really deserve this, it is certainly something that we will push the boat out on and do our level best during the course of today and report back to you. Probably not in time for the end of the show, but, but for certainly for Monday. Okay. Listen, Michael, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, and if anybody else can help, at the same time, great. But Michael Mulcahy, thank you, Michael, of Business Cork and Business Island and connections uh, to a huge company called BigWhiteRabbit.com, which is a massive supplier to uh, international trade and stuff like international online sales and all that. He's pulling every contact he has in this morning. So he's gone to the very top in Harvey Normans and the very top 
in Smith's Toys to see can we reach out and find one of these blasted things. Not a freebie. She has cash in her purse. If we can find one for Genevieve. 1850-715-996. If we know before 12, it will be so, so great. But if not, we'll know on Monday. I wake up every morning. Get even more of Casey and Ross in the morning on The Highlight Show. Your chance to catch up and listen again. Saturday between 9 and 10 a.m. Everything is just right. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, if the gods are with us, hopefully they'll move mountains and get that uh, that that PS5. <laughs> Adidas Andrew was back on and says, Tell PJ, I had a PS5, but <laughs> I just sent it to Stephen Kenny to play FIFA. Uh, he'll need it after he gets his P45. That's not very nice. Anyway, and also on the FAI story, the FAI weren't that quick to hold a meeting over the John Delaney Debacle. 1850-715-996. We saw this on Twitter yesterday and I said, here's hoping that she can get sorted. But if not, we'll see if we can help anyway. Uh, Dr. Neve Lynch has been in touch with us many times throughout the COVID pandemic. Pediatrician at the Bonds. An unusual, an unusual request. Let's see what we can do. If, if Have you I managed to sort it out, Neve? Good morning. Hi, PJ. Um, yeah, we've had loads of really good suggestions. Um, so... Uh, there's a lady called Jenny Murphy who does red balloons, I think, in Ballincollig, and she has gotten in touch with me, so that's definitely one Good. option. So what is the, the problem that you want to solve? So, basically, uh, Christmas trees cannot be cleaned, um, so be they artificial or real. So, uh, we've been advised this year that we shouldn't have a Christmas tree on the children's ward, so obviously the kids would be a little bit concerned about where Santa might put the presents if there's no tree. Mm. Um, so I put out a tweet yesterday afternoon sort of saying, does anyone have a solution to this? And actually there's been loads of really, really good um, suggestions, you know. So I'm actually speaking to you from the children's ward. I'm in the playroom, which is full of toys that haven't been touched for about six months now because the children can't congregate together anymore. They're all in isolation. So I suppose the ideal tree would be a small one that's cleanable that we could put into each room for each child to have as opposed to one big Christmas tree in the middle of the ward, you know. Um, But I think, you know, with a bit of imagination, it's a problem that we can solve, which obviously it's not just us here in the Bonds, it's it's all the children's units and all the hospitals in all of Ireland, really, that have to... Consider this, you know, it's Santa the little things, Neve, you wouldn't have been thinking about. Like no, I know, but sure, you know, Santa can figure these things out anyway. But I suppose, you know, just to give kids an extra peace of mind, we'd like them to have a little tree, you yeah. know. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? For any, it's, it'll be a lonely, a lonely Christmas anyway if you're in hospital. But it'll be a very lonely one this year. Extra for everybody, not just kids. You know, I mean, at least. Children will have one parent with them, but, you know, normally Christmas on the children's ward is actually a very special time. You know, it's a time where I actually love working at Christmas time because you really feel this is what's important, you know, your family and your health. Um, and that's the kind of Christmas I think everybody's going to have this year, regardless of whether they're in hospital or not. But, you know, people who are in hospital won't be able to have visitors. It'll be very, very tough for them, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think anything we can do as, as a society to make that easier for all the population that's in hospital yeah. would be important, you to, know. To brighten the place up. Yeah. While, yeah. while you're there, 
Niamh, um, we're, we're a bit worried at the moment, as you know, with regard to what's going to happen after the 1st of December. The, the, December. the numbers are not going the way we wanted them to go. They were going that way and they've just stopped, like throwing a bus into reverse. I, 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 what, what's going on, do you think? Uh, well, I was looking, I was just having a look there. I mean, the, the percentage positivity, so for every 100 tests that are done, the percentage positive has come down. It was close to 5% and it's now 2.6%. So we've managed to half, you know, the number of positive tests. Cork is doing great. I mean, the last time I spoke to you, um, there was 286 per 100,000 mm-hmm. positive cases in Cork South Central, and that's come down to 138.2. So that's very good. Um, if you look at the top uh, areas where there are high numbers, it's Donegal. Uh, there's a big outbreak in Listole. Um, there are outbreaks in Offaly, Roscommon and Limerick. And those are the counties that are standing out at the moment. I'm not sure what's going on in each of those individual counties. I think there's been outbreaks in health facilities in Limerick. That's are they skewing the numbers of an I, evening? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. And like, I, like I was surprised at the numbers yesterday. I thought they were going to be lower. And I wonder, is that sort of a logging issue? Do you know what I mean? That given the percentage of positivity has fallen, the numbers should have been lower than they were yesterday. Um, so I maybe they'll be lower again now this evening. But it, it's very nerve-wracking for us all, I think, you know, when uh, we're being told that things aren't going the right way. Because, you know, a lot of emphasis has been put on Christmas, which is very important in our society. But, it's you know, the emphasis has been put on Christmas by our, our politicians and our medical leaders. And now it's starting to look like that carrot is, is receding further and further into the distance. So it's it's a difficult one. It's emotionally difficult for people, I think, to deal with this, you know. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Christmas and, and the papers are full of speculation this morning of what will or will not be allowed. Like, is, is it feasible that we would get, for want of a better expression, a few days off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Stevens's Day, to see our families? I hope so. Personally, from a personal level, I really hope that's the case. But if you look at the numbers uh, in terms of the blip that's gone upwards uh, since midterm, it correlates to midterm. Uh, so, you know, t- to my eye, uh, the number, you know, there's, there's always a lag. So people are saying, oh, it's because the schools have gone back, the numbers have gone up. But actually, those numbers were seeded during the midterm break. And, you know, I mean, I, I could see with my own eyes, and I'm sure you heard yourself, you'd hear about parties, you'd see people socialising, especially around Halloween. And I think that's what's borne out in the numbers this week. You know, we're two two weeks on kind of thing. Yes. So it would be amazing if we could have Christmas as as we would consider normal. Um, but there's there's no doubt that it's going to um, facilitate the spread of the virus. You That's know, a very like interesting point you make, though. Everyone's talking about, oh, the schools are open and that's the problem. In actual fact, when you trace these cases back, the calendar, the timing is right. These possibly were, a lot of them seeded when everybody was off. Yeah, I think so. I think actually having the schools open is maybe a little bit protective at the moment, you know. Likely. Um, and I think it's so important for children, for their mental health and for their education that they can keep going to school. The schools have been amazing. They've done such an amazing job mm-hmm. uh, in terms of ke- limiting the spread. You know, yes, there are cases of COVID in schools, but they're not spreading within the schools. Yeah. They're not spreading from child to child, from child to teacher. Okay. You know, they're being detected and then everybody's following the correct protocols and the schools have been absolutely outstanding in my book. Okay, okay. Tom is back on about the... the main reason we had you on and that is he, he reckons there were big paper or card type display trees ones that you pull out like a big 3D Christmas card that might be sourced in Cork and it could be wiped down 
idea. Yeah. And I know you got some help from Jenny at Red Balloon, and if she can't help you, you know, she's great at what she does. Listen, yeah. best of luck, Neve. We'll catch up before Christmas. We'll catch up to talk maybe about Christmas in hospital closer yeah, to the time. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Right. The numbers will be good. All right. Look after yourself. You, Thank you very much. That's Dr. Neve Lynch. She's a pediatrician at the Bonds uh, and a very level-headed contributor to this entire debate over the last couple of months. And we try always to have as many of the level-headed contributors that we can have. Like, I, I tweeted yesterday that there's been a lot of talk about COVID-19 scaremongering and a lot of people accusing the media of scaremongering. Well, if I'm, in my mind, scaremongering is, is the kind of idiots and, and windbags who are trying to find an agenda where there isn't one or trying to rewrite science to suit themselves. Just mute them. Just block them. Uh, we try not to talk to them. Uh, we talk to sensible people like Neve. We talk to sensible people like Niall Conroy. We talk to sensible people like, yes, I will mention his name, Jerry Killeen. Uh, and they've given us so- solid sense over the last number of months. I'm, the piece I mentioned on The Independent was a good front page and seeing it was as it's Friday and we're trying to boost ourselves for the weekend. The political contacts, shall we say, of the Irish Independent saying that we could have household visits allowed for Christmas week for the three big days, say Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Stephen's Day. Inter-county travel might also be allowed for that couple of days to allow people to go home to another part of the country to see friends and family People will be asked, look, have one main gathering rather than a load of small ones. Have one main gathering. Uh, we're expected to go into level three on December the 1st. But according to the Independent, there might be different versions of level three based on where you are and based on the rate of new infections. The advantage to that is that level three is you've got to stay in your county. For level three. So therefore, if your county has a low R number or a low number of cases, you might be able to get some some pubs open or some restaurants open in level three, whereas the the neighbouring county mightn't. And they're looking at a plan like that. And we'll find out more in the next week or so. But certainly there's a possibility, a hope, and if the numbers go down as we hope they will, we might get to see our families properly over Christmas, which will be great news. And you know what? Tis our job. We can help to get it down. We can help to get the numbers down. We can look at this weekend and say, cop on this weekend. Cop on for the next couple of weekends. And we might get to have a bit of fun proper family fun over the Christmas. I'm not going outside the door this weekend. Watching telly. Go to the shop, maybe. Go to the off-license, possibly. But no. No. It's more important to get Christmas out of it. It's a great story. I know we were following the Australian COVID adventure very closely because we can see the benefits of it. And we hear from Niall Conroy and we heard last week from Sonia O'Sullivan from Australia, just how well what they're doing there has worked. There was another story came out during the week from Australia that South Australia, the province of South Australia, had gone into another lockdown. They'd gone into a circuit breaker and they don't just lock down, they slam down within hours. None of this, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. 
slammed down within hours. And they said six days, shut the place down for six days over just a couple of cases. They've cancelled the lockdown and they're opening it again tomorrow or tonight, depending on time. I don't know the time, you know, itself. Because they found out, and this is how good contact tracing and this is how good infection control is over there. They found out that one of the guys that they were investigating was a gouger who lied about where he got the virus. He lied about it. He, he had, uh, he's a fella who, who said he, he was a customer in a pizza parlour. And he, and he claimed he'd got it off the pizza box. In actual fact, he worked there. He's a gang, a gangster and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a lawyer. And he's been found out by public health because they investigated properly. So they take the whole state back out of lockdown tomorrow night. That's how it is done. 1850-715-996. Fabulous story in the news there. I uh, was listening to it. I been trying to get into this exhibition that Nanonatal Place have been having for the last while just haven't had an opportunity and of course they're all shut now because of Level 5 and they've launched an online programme which they hope will sustain them over the next few months And because we can't go in there right now and Fiona has been down to Nanonagel Place uh, to speak with some of the staff about the impact of covid on museums and culture and the things we'd love to go to see as part of of this wonderful city in which we live. We've all been quite anxious. I guess since the first lockdown was over because we had, you know, every museum plans ahead. Every museum is working on, like, the next month, the next three months, the next, over the next three years, you know. And when you can't plan ahead and you just don't know what's going to happen next, it's really stressful. So we were like, shall we advertise? And then we were like, well, maybe we won't be open because those, the lev- as the levels move up and down, you know, museums are pretty early to close. So level three and we're closed. The doors are closed. Museums and cultural venues like Nanonagel Place are deemed non-essential. And so there's no clear timeline as to when they'll welcome customers again. Programme manager Danielle O'Donovan says it's a tough time for the sector. We don't think that museums are environments where people are very closely interacting with each other and in fact we got online ticketing and a kind of staggered ticketing system in place as soon as we reopened in June so yeah it's been tough and we've done everything we could to make it a safe environment but at the end of the day the government are going to say yes or no so yeah it's been a sad time because we just love welcoming people and telling the stories of this place and to not do that is yeah it's it's really strange. Museums across Cork are hoping there'll be a reprieve. We talk to each other on a really regular basis. Um, and there was some talk that the government might ease that because the data isn't info- like isn't saying that cultural venues are particularly where the problem lies, that they're actually very controlled environments. But And it might be that over time, and as we learn more about COVID, museums and cultural spaces don't, you know, don't have to close. But... You know, I mean, it, its impact on the arts is huge. So many people who work, you know, on the peripheral, like work within this sector, must be really suffering. Actress Judy Chalmers has been bringing Nanonagel to life in an online programme for school children. This weekend, uh, Nanonagel Place is uh, releasing a fairy tale version of Nano's story. It's an adaptation for younger children, primary school children in particular. And then this week, the children have gotten a chance to watch it in schools, and then I come on as 
Nano Nagel, um, in full regard, and they do a little workshop online. So they get to talk about Nano, they get to talk to Nano, because when they see you in costume, they're convinced you're the real thing. For her, it's been a lifeline. Vital. It's, uh, you kind of feel like your life force has been drained away when you don't get that chance to interact. And I'll be honest, I wasn't too sure how well the Zoom interaction would work. But it actually is incredibly good and it's very high and the children's energy levels have been equal, to be honest, to if you're as if you were in the room with them. And because it is presentation um, day on Saturday and it's such a hugely important day in the calendar for the presentation order, um, it's brilliant to be able to bring something like this. I mean, this year it's been done just in Cork and Kerry schools. But I don't know, it's worked so well, I've been trying to get them to go globally next year. <laughs> Nano Nagel Place are launching an online historical and cultural programme for the next three months from tomorrow. Thanks for that, Fiona185715996. On schools and my conversation with Neve, the, the paediatrician, and how she reckons this is important. This is something like, that's why I love talking to people who are actual doctors and scientists, that, and not spoofers. She reckons that, in actual fact, some of what's happening at the moment could well be coming from midterm, when we were all off, and the schools were off. And the, the seeding process of COVID-19 is such that a lot of the problems of the last week, where the numbers just got stabilised, could be coming from that. Um, so now, so do you now think the schools should close early, says this message? I never said that. Schools closed equals virus spreads as people moving around. At least with the schools open, it keeps people from visiting others and they have nothing else to do with the kids. I never said, I never said that. Anyway. Cork's 96 FM's 10K toy giveaway is here. Listen to Casey and Ross in the morning and all day long. For your chance to win. For your chance to win. With Johnson and Parrott, Douglas Bishopstown and Mahon Point. Put 2020 behind you and drive into 2021. Always open at jpmg.ie. Only on Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Now, if the Irish Independent this morning is right, and other speculation is out there too, uh, Michal Martin, in fact, said this as far back as three weeks ago. That when we do come out of level five on the first or second of December, we'll go down to level three, which would mean that the wet pubs are goosed because, well, there's nothing they can do really. And the restaurant pubs can only have 15 people eating outside. I said, well, yeah, the wet pubs can, can have 15 people drinking outside too but like dad's sorry who wants to eat your dinner sitting outside in the freezing cold in the first week of December like can you imagine going to a place that does a full Irish and they bring it out to you and put it down in front of you sure to be stuck to the place in the cold before you have time to stick a a, a, a fork in, in, a, in a sausage and for the wet pubs it's, it's the same, like, it's too cold to be drinking outside this time of the year. So they're very worried and they feel they're getting a raw deal uh, in terms of, of lockdown and in terms of releasing lockdown. So tonight, 
pubs across Ireland have come together and they're going to switch all of their Christmas lights on simultaneously as part of a nationwide Keep the Lights On campaign in their sector. They want to shine a light on their belief that pubs are ready to reopen safely at a a moment's notice, as it were. Uh, The Guinness Raise the Bar campaign, Guinness are behind this. We'll see the lights switched on in all the pubs at five o'clock. It's got the support of both the Licensed Vintners Association and the Vintners Federation of Ireland because the sector feels it has been hard done by. You might agree or disagree, that's up to you, but they do. Adele Curtin is down at Collins Bar. Adele, good morning. Morning, PJ, how are you? Good. Nervous few weeks to know will you be able to do anything in the next few weeks? Yeah, I suppose, look, we're all uh, trying to second guess what's going to happen. <clears throat> it's very hard to know, really. I think the the government, to be fair, is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because obviously the numbers haven't gone down in, in the way that they had hoped. But in the same breath, I think they're going to have to look at, you know, what can we do safely and where were the numbers actually really coming from? I think, I know I know a lot of people are kind of saying, well, look, you can't really open up the outside spaces because it'll be too cold for people to be outside. But I think there's a lot of places that do have... Um, you know, nice setups and beer gardens and stuff, and that should be looked at too. And I, I know for us in Collins, we're very fortunate that we do have a nice um, heated outdoor space. Yeah. And even though it doesn't make any sense financially to have 15 people outside, we, we did do it when uh, we were allowed to, and it was more just for, I suppose, mental health reasons than, than financial. It was to look after some of our, our regulars and for, for my own sanity, as well, I suppose. Yeah. But it was. Uh, and it, you know it was worth doing in that regard, but yeah, the business model—it's not—it's not something that really works, to be honest. Yeah. So the, the, all the lights on this evening at at, at five o'clock. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like we've actually had our lights on for the last the last week or so, uh, a bit early, but we um, we still just wanted to brighten up the the front of the bar. And to be honest, a lot of people have messaged us and said, you know, it's really cheered them up coming home from work. Um, yeah. You know, dark November evenings and it just gives a bit of hope. And I suppose it shows that we're not. Uh, we're not giving up, you know, we'll yeah. be back when we're allowed to. No, it's lovely. It's lovely to see pubs and other premises that are closed, but that they've actually gone in and put the lights up. It it, it looks, fa- it's, it's a little bit of cheer. And God, that's in short supply at the moment. I, I think so. I think like even for us, um, you know, we've, we've, we're not sure if we're going to be open or not, but I think it was even more important this year for us to flip the lights just to, it's, it's a sign of solidarity, I think, as well with all the businesses that are open that, you know, we, 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 you know, we want to be open, but I suppose we just have to, to do whatever we're, we're asked to do really mm. for now. Reading from that article in the Irish Independent where the chances are level three, but there may be exceptions based on county by county. You know, if we were in a good shape in Cork in a couple of weeks, uh, you'd like to be able to do something more than just outdoor, would you? Yeah, look, I think all of us would like to be able to do it, but I'm not sure how, how well the county by county thing actually really works, to be totally honest. I mean, look... I'm all for trying anything if it's if it's if it's done safely and I mean if it means that businesses can get open absolutely but I think it's going to be very difficult for them to come to a decision about what actually can be done and like to be fair to the pubs I think we've we've been you know scapegoat for a lot of things even even with the pubs being closed we're still being blamed for you know drinking on the streets and stuff I, yeah. I know that uh, no outside electric and stuff got a bad rap there last week but to be fair it's not the drink that's coming from electric it's it's off well, well, to, to be fair, we, we covered this in some detail at, at the start of the week, Adele, and, and yes, there, there were people taking pints from pubs in the city centre, and I was talking to Ernest uh, about it, there were some pints being sold, but at the end of the day, if you actually zoom in on those photographs, yeah, it was, there, there was flagons 
and bags yeah. of cans for, for the most part. I, I, think, I, mean, I, think, I think electric stops and take away at 9 o'clock at night. I mean, those photos are taken far after that and, you know, the, the off-licenses are open yeah. till 10 o'clock at night. And this isn't a, a thing against off-licenses. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, to be fair to the public, when, when we were open, the vast, vast, vast majority of people and the vast majority of publicans in, in Cork City are responsible people and they want to do the right thing and we all put a lot of effort and hard work and money into making our, our businesses, you know, COVID-compliant. And the last thing any of us want is to see people getting sick uh, on our premises or on our watch. And I think, you know, if the numbers are low enough, I think that we should be given the opportunity to open safely. Okay. But I suppose that this week will tell a lot of us. Only time will tell. Thank you, Adele, and good luck with whatever happens when it does. Uh, Adele Curtin of Collins Bar. All of them turning on their lights this evening at five o'clock to, to just give a message. We want to do a bit. We want to do business. Not for me to say whether they've had a hard deal or not, but some people think they have. Some people think they haven't. They're all turning on their lights at five o'clock this evening. Actually, there's a thing now. We might talk about this Monday or Tuesday or next week. Uh, Genevieve earlier on was saying she might put up her lights this 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 weekend. Is anyone putting up a tree this weekend or has anyone got a tree up already? If you are putting up a tree this weekend, do me a favour. If you are putting a tree up this weekend, take a photograph of it and send it to me at opinion at 96fm.ie because it's way early. It's five weeks early, but sure, who cares? Who cares? Bit of cheer in the house. 1850-715-996. All right, all right. We were wondering earlier on where this was coming from and what it was all about. So choose your testicle. (laughs) Where else? Ah, No, 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 no. Oh, I can't get them off. Just keep working on them. Keep moving them off. I've got it. I've got it. Oh, come on. Stop laughing! But it looks very funny. It, it does. Can you guess what it is? Yeah, it looks like some form of testicle. Deer's testicles. Oh, right. Oh, dear. Now, you've got to eat <laughs> one whole testicle to win a stop. Even the end bit? The whole thing, yeah. Oh, my. So, choose your testicle. Testicle. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> Even as someone who doesn't watch it, that is very funny. I'm a celebrity, get me out, out here. This year, based in Abergelle in Wales, with Mark from on Monday's show, or Tuesday's show, about how wonderful Abergelle is and how he's delighted that it's in his hometown, but he can't get there. Uh, Denise Corton's digital editor of Stellar magazine. They were lucky to be able to get it together this year, Denise. It nearly didn't happen, but it's going down well. Good morning. Good morning. It is. It's going down very well. Um, I think a lot of people that were working on the set trying to get this together, they described it as an absolute nightmare trying to put it together. I think there was flooding problems and everything, but it's turned out absolutely fantastic and it looks great. Yeah, it, it does, to be fair. The castle looks magnificent. Yeah, compared to Australia, you know, we've got Ant and Deck in loads of different locations around the castle doing their, their piece to camera, which is lovely because... When they were in Australia, there was just kind of the one area that we would see them presenting from. So mm. visually, this year is just fantastic. Because yeah. the set in Australia, and remember it is a set, the, the set is very small. It's a, a lot smaller than people realise. It's just a, a, an old abandoned banana plantation at the end of a, at the end of a, a hotel, but it, it doubles as a jungle. But they've got huge space and far more area to work with in, in Abergele, and it looks great. It does, it does, yeah. No, 
in, in Australia, it kind of seems like maybe a lot of the budget was taken towards bringing all the contestants over to Australia. But yeah. thankfully, when it's in North Wales, they're able to put so much money into making it look so fantastic and incredible. And I think a lot of it as well is they've got people thinking, you know, they're going to be comparing season against season. This is the first year in North Wales. Yeah. They didn't want people thinking it was worse than the Australian one so they put in a lot of effort to make it look uh, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it, it does. To be, even for a, a cynic like me, it, it looks great. Now, uh, the, one of the things that's gone around this week, you'll always know a fan of I'm a Celebrity, is they're going around, the, happy place, happy place, ha- what's that about? <laughs> happy place, ha- what's that about? It's people going, even, 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 even Terry here was going around the other morning, getting a bit stressed out over us, so, happy place, ha- what the what's that about? <laughs> So Jordan North, he's a he's he's the, kind, the contestant at the moment that's picked to win this year. Um, he's a BBC Radio One DJ, and unfortunately, he's been nominated to do every challenge so far. Thankfully, he's not going to be doing tonight's challenge, but he has a way about him where he's doing one of the challenges. He tells himself to go to his happy place so that he's not thinking about where he is in that moment. You know, covered in creepy crawlies and terrified, but people think his happy place is Burnley Soccer Club. So there's there's quite a couple of jokes about how he goes to his happy place, which is there, but he keeps repeating it again and again while he's in a challenge. And yeah, it makes for fantastic TV. I, I won't lie. It's, it's funnier than the challenge. Happy place, happy place. The stars off that windy thing the other night, and they were dropping was it maggots and cockroaches and everything on top yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, and I think he raises his voice as well. His voice goes quite high pitched. Oh, doesn't But it? he's going to his happy place. So doesn't it? Oh, God, the poor old. Then there was the then there was the 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 the, the, the testicles. Yeah, yeah. The the food challenges are always one. Are they that, real? Uh, are they real? Yeah, it, it, it appears. I always so. think that Haribo make a fortune of customized <laughs> stuff for this. <laughs> Yeah, no, unfortunately, it looks like they're quite real. You know, they're one of the challenges that has me squeamish every single year. I can't look for most of it when when they're going on. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. And they brought the food challenge even forward this year. You know, usually it's on a couple of episodes down the line. But, yeah, no, they're really they're really throwing everything at this season, which, you know, some stuff is sticking, others not so much. But, um, yeah, they're going they're going full in on it anyway. And uh, yeah, the food challenge. No, thank you. That's yeah. one I'd certainly not be doing. To be fair, it, it is it is <laughs> funny, and that was and I thought that. I mean, that's got to be that has to be the line of the series so far. Like, so choose your testicle. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Denise, how much how much of the success of I'm a celeb is down to the sheer brilliance of those two boys? Yeah, oh, a lot of it. Like, you know, the two of them together are just a fantastic, fantastic duo. You know, they they make for the show their witty one-liners, the way they kind of bounce off each other, you know. Like, having a fantastic set of contestants is so, so important. But obviously... Anton Dex spearheading the show, they they do a fantastic job. Yeah, it's very, very important. Because people watching, you know, look... They're a very skilled act. That's not random. That's not bouncing off. That's a very, very skilled act to make it look so random. They're really great at it. So we've got this Jordan North guy, uh, Shane Ritchie, who I know, and Bev Callard, who I remember from Coronation Street. They seem to be the favourites at the moment. They do. They do. You know, there's a few contestants that I was quite upset about so far. You know, AJ Pritchard, who people might know as the brother to Love Island's Curtis Pritchard, he... Everyone on Twitter is saying that they don't even know is he on the show because 
he's got no airtime so far. So hopefully now, you know, in episodes in the next two weeks, we'll get to see more of him. But obviously, Jordan is just stealing the show. He is. There'll the be T-shirts going around, you know. Have you played? Have you played? I, can, <laughs> I can see that. I can see the lads at the the tea shopper. Ie. Have you played? Have you played? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see people implementing it in work as well. You know, a lot of funny memes going around where people say, oh, that they're in work too. And they're like, I'm just going to my happy place, happy place. Happy place. Uh, yeah, there'll yeah. be some of the callers that, that we have during the week here. I'd be going, <laughs> <laughs> listen, we might catch up again next week, Denise. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. When, when is the first elimination? Well, they haven't told us yet, but it's looking like it could be Sunday night. We do know that the winner is going to be crowned on Friday, the 4th of December. So um, we've about three weeks all in all. So um, I'd say they'll, they'll start rolling them out this weekend. Right, right. And and is there anyone this year, finally, is there anyone who's... Because one or two of them over the years have been so... Uh, how would I put this now? So squeamish that they yeah. got voted in and voted in and voted in to various different things. Yeah, that's unfortunately Jordan North this year. You know, he was he was both in for three challenges in a row. Um, Mo Farah is doing the first uh, challenge tonight that's actually not being completed by Jordan. So that would be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, God love him. He's getting a break tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Listen, Denise, we'll, we'll chat again. We'll chat again next week. You know what? It's daft and it's stupid and it's ridiculous and it's funny. I usually run screaming from the room, but the Wales thing has kind of reeled me in. There are Christmas tree pictures coming in already. Oh, by the way, yes, I'm a celebrity. Every night, Virgin Media 1 at 9 o'clock. Virgin Media 1, 9 o'clock every night. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. There are Christmas tree pictures coming in already. We'd love to see loads of them over the weekend. All right. The programme edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We'll put your podcast up a little bit later. Uh, repeat in the early hours. Have a good weekend. Behave yourself. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Give out some space. Give some space when you're in the supermarket. We're all working on this to get Christmas with our families. Behave. I'll see you Monday just after nine. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.